0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: Praise the Lord. Why don't we give that hand clap to the Lord? Why don't we lift His name up? He's the reason we're here. Jesus' name. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. Grateful to be in the house of the Lord again. Aren't you? Yes. Praise God. We've been talking about kingdom living. It's really the only kind of living that is worth living. And we're going to take our focus this morning in the book of Matthew. If you'll join me in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, we'll read verses 31 through 33. How many know that God has promised to take care of every need? He's promised to take care of every need. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 31, this is Jesus talking. He said, Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. And verse 33 is where we'll pinpoint our study this morning. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And so this morning we're going to talk from the subject the kingdom first. The kingdom first. What a world we live in. What a world we live in. Or is it a world that we've created? Deadlines, demands, appointments, achievements, accomplishments, the job, the position, the promotion, the politics, finances, the house, the cars, the clothes, toys, not just for the children, but for the adults as well, vacations, the desire to get ahead, the preparation for the unexpected, insurances, mortgages, repairs, planning for the future, portfolios, 401Ks, annuities, and stock options, investments with their gains and their losses, and all of this can be quite overwhelming at times. It all begin to weigh in on our heart and our mind. It's called a rat race for a reason. And that term comes from the competition between two rats as they attempt to get the piece of cheese at the other end of the room. They, they try to outrun each other and they try to be the first one to it. And in the process, they spend way more time and energy competing for a reward that really and truly doesn't even, it doesn't even compare to the effort. It signifies an endless, futile pursuit. It's a colloquial term, and it came into usage back in the 1930s. It describes an exhausting and usually competitive activity or routine, especially a pressured urban lifestyle spent trying to get ahead with little time left for anything else. And it always, it most often comes with a very heavy price. Now, although some may reach their goal, there may be, well, there is millionaires in this world that have somehow seemed to reach the apex of that pursuit. And although there may, there may be some that seem like they're having the best life they've ever lived, the fact of the matter remains, it is most certain that somewhere along the way, if not most, maybe even all experience anxiety, depression, stress, and worried. Worried that we can never have enough. Stress because we seemingly may take one step forward and one step back. It it all has the potential to create the stress and the anxiety that we all will know. Not for what only is, but somewhat for what may be. Stress and anxiety not for just now, not for today, but what may come in the future, and so all of these things that I've listed are not sinful inherently sinful, but they are they are legitimate concerns, but they are not worthy of worry. They're legitimate. They're needful. We live in a real world. I'll say it again. They're not worthy of our worry. <laughs> Merriam Webster. Did, Dictionary defines worry as mental distress or agitation resulting from concern, usually for something impending or anticipated, anxiety, an instance or an occurrence of such stress or agitation. Leo Bousselia, the American author, uh, famous, perhaps you've even heard this uh, quote, he said, worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow, it only saps today of its joy. It's probably one of the most well-known sayings when it comes to the subjects of fear and apprehension. Bousselia's concise quote makes what we often forget abundantly clear, that no matter how much you worry about something, you simply cannot change the outcome. And so worry serves no purpose whatsoever. Perhaps Winston Churchill said it, Uh, said it well as well when he said, let our advanced worry (coughs) become advanced thinking and planning. I think he was on the right track. But what should we be thinking and what should we be planning in advance for? Life all by itself has a way of presenting obstacles. Life all by itself has a way of presenting challenges that create mental distress that create agitation in our lives, and certainly frustrations. Yet, how we deal with those mental distresses and how we deal with those challenges determines our mental anxiety. We simply cannot eliminate the sources of worry altogether. I said it before, I'll say it again. We live in a very real world, and we we live, quite frankly, in a fallen world world and so it comes with very very many challenges that we simply don't have any control over but what we do have control over this morning what we can control we control the the we can take control rather of and the responsibility for our mental state and we can make the choice we can choose not to worry about all of those things and we can choose to pursue what really matters more than anything else in this world and that my friends is the kingdom of God. That's the only thing that has merit. And so we live in the world. We live in a real world and we have real legitimate concerns and most often those those are the result. Those fears or their concerns are the result from our own experiences. We're not reading necessarily of someone else's experiences that cause us mental distress or concern or anxiety. It comes from our own, our own experiences. The, the things that are way beyond our control are the things that we didn't necessarily choose for ourselves. For example, we didn't have the ability to choose the family that we were born into. We were not consulted first concerning the economic state of that family no one came to us and 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 consulted with us to to ask us our opinion on where we would be raised or the emotional conditions that surrounded us in our childhood they were not necessarily presented to us at birth so we could somehow weigh in on this matter and so furthermore even beyond that the, beyond those that were that were born seemingly into normality, there are many that had come from broken homes and, and have even suffered mental, even physical, emotional, and even, sadly, sexual abuse. It's both cringeworthy and it is both criminal of what some children in the past and even today suffer in their childhood, so past and present circumstances such as these are not given for uh, the children to make a de- decision on where they will be born into. They're not chosen by these by these children, and they're not chosen by us, quite frankly. And because of it, the lingering effects are inevitable. They're just they're just there and so we we often experience the inner turmoil that we experience that grows out of these circumstances and these conditions of our childhood some some individuals grow with great insecurity some some have the fear or the worry over their ability to have enough to eat it's just it's just in there somewhere it's not spoken of every day of their lives but it's there it's it's somewhere down deep inside that That worry, that eternal worry, if you will, that that we won't have something to eat or, or that we will not have the ability to achieve or to excel or to be worthy of acceptance and love. And so since these concerns often grow out of a childhood circumstance, these individuals, they cannot avoid them. But they must, hear me now, they must, we must here, right now, today, determine how we are going to deal with them and how we are going to overcome them. And hear me this morning, we can overcome. We can overcome. And so we have inner turmoil that results out of our childhood experiences. And as we grow into adulthood, Some say that this might get easier, but I've found that it doesn't. It really and truly doesn't simplify anything. It it amplifies the the circumstance. It amplifies the process that we're in and, and makes it even more complicated. So now we have the experiences of childhood, the inner turmoil, the inner things that have happened to us, and now we're bringing them into adulthood. Now we have more responsibility. Now we have all of this intermingling with our jobs and our relationships. Now all of this is presented into a circumstance that has made this quite complex. Navigating the demands of our social and economic aspects of our lives can just simply be daunting. And can I get an amen from someone this morning? It can be tough. New struggles now. New obstacles that we must traverse. Life all by itself. I've said it. I'll say it again probably a thousand more times this morning. Just life all by itself. Just being born. One writer said that man is born of trouble. It's all the time. It's what you what you came into. And so life all by itself is filled with, with challenges, family dynamics, disagreements, and reconciliations, job-related stresses, expectation of peers, expectations of supervisors, financial stresses, bills, 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 bills. Somebody smile at me. Bills, bills. Can I get a witness? Normal, everyday, mundane, what must be done, but it stacks and it stacks and it stacks. And although the external pressures are common to all people, there's not necessarily a one size fits all template for managing all of this and eliminating these stresses because, at best, they are simply unavoidable. You got to eat, you got to go to the grocery store. Has anybody noticed the price of milk? <laughs> I don't drink milk anymore. And so sometimes all we can do is just ride it out. Sometimes all we can do is just buckle up and hang on, and just ride those waves of life circumstances. But can I tell you this morning, we don't have to ride those waves all by ourselves. We don't have to strap into some autonomous vehicle that's just traveling down the road all by itself, and we're just along for the ride. We've got someone sitting next to us on this journey, and his name is somebody. Say it, Jesus we can faithfully ride out the storms and circumstances of life knowing that he's with us and knowing that he has everything under the sun in control and we do not have to allow worry to control us and dominate us in our lives above all no matter what the atmosphere feels like or looks like or what in the, the political landscape looks like we must know that we know that we know that this life in him affords us the only hope we have. He is our only hope. Hope, and hear me this morning, kingdom life is the only answer in dealing with all of these stresses. We can decide not to allow the pressures of life to control us even when we cannot control the circumstance. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so this is easier said than done. But with God's help, We can and we will change. And this morning, you are looking at proof. Now, I am going to be a little transparent. Please don't judge me harshly. But hello, my name is Chris Osborne, and I'm a recovering worrier. You laugh, but it's the truth. Worry dominated When I say dominated, I mean it dominated my life. I cannot really pinpoint when it happened. Perhaps it was one of those childhood things. It just sort of surfaced and it kept building and building gradually over and over the years, dominating every decision and every, every reaction that I took. It began to affect me in my night sleep. It began to affect me eventually in my own health, worry, anxiety, anxiety. And fear It all just began to be more and more prevalent. It affected everything I did and everything I said in both reaction and decision. But hear me now, I'm not the expert. I don't claim to be the expert. And I don't even claim this morning to be completely out of the woods. I said I'm a recovering warrior. I am not the benchmark. But what I do know is that the only way to come out of this is to put your trust in Him and take the focus and the emphasis off of yourself. I say self because I believe at the core of every worry and anxiety and every fear is really and truly, now this is going to sting a little bit, is selfishness. Because it's a spirit of self-reliance and it's the realization that you don't have what it takes. And so you begin to worry and you begin to stress and you begin to have fear and anxiety about what is and what may become and what may be down the road and the next day and the next day day and the next day he said I'll give you strength for today that's it when the sun rises and when it sets I'll give you the strength you need for that day I'm not giving it to you for tomorrow because it's it's not here yet it hasn't gotten here yet but you you just just be sure that when the sun rises tomorrow if I give you breath in your body then I'll give you strength for that day And so it's getting all of that off of us and on to him. I recently heard a man that was presented as a joke, but I'm, I'm, he was serious. But in the context of where it was, they were presenting it as something funny. It wasn't funny to me. I heard him say, I'm not tithing. And this might seem like it's a little off subject, but I'm going to get back to where I was. He said, I'm not tithing. That's my money. He said, you read the Bible. Them folks didn't have no jobs back then. They just had some cattle, and they just raised some hogs, and they just raised this and that. Yeah, it's easy to get that stuff. Well, they had no real job. That wasn't a real job. And so I got a real job. I go, and I do the work, and I make the money, and that's my money, and I'm not bringing it down here. And this is his words that you folks at this church, for y'all to spend it, I'm going to spend it because it's my money. And I said, well, sir... I beg to differ. It's not your money. It's not your money. It's not your job. It's not your house. It's not your car. It's not your time. It's all from Him. Every good and every perfect gift comes from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, who is no, there is no variables. There is no turning. He is the same yesterday, the same today. He'll be the same tomorrow. And he said, you bring it to me. You bring it to my storehouse. You put it here and see if I won't pour you out a blessing that is overwhelming and too much that you can bear. And so it doesn't belong to me. It isn't mine to begin with. Down to my next breath, it isn't mine. Now that doesn't mean that I don't have responsibility I'm a steward of what He's given me. Certainly, I'm a steward of what He's put in my hands. But ultimately, it belongs to Him. He gave it to me. He has the right to take it away. That's what Job said. I came into this world naked and I'm going to go out the same. Unless somebody puts on some old raggedy clothes on me, I'll just go out the same way that I came in. I won't have the ability to dress myself. I'm not trying to be unkind here this morning. But you came in that way and you'll leave out that way. You came in here and what you have God gave to you and he has the ability to pluck it out of your hand at any time here. He chooses. And so, not allowing worry to dominate you, not allowing anxiety to overwhelm you and overcome you, is coming to the realization that we are not the author and we are certainly not the finisher. Jesus is, and his kingdom is the only thing that matters. Now that goes against everything in this world this morning I mean i maybe not from you, perhaps in the spirit world i forgot i I felt the pushback of that when I said it. Well, what about this? what about that what this yeah they're important, but I'll say it again. the kingdom is the only thing that matters, refocusing our attention to the fact that this world is not our home and that our participation both in and our connection to the kingdom is the only cure for worry and anxiety. It is simply this. We could end here and not say another word. It ends it. It's the end all. It's the checkmate, if you will. It's right priorities in right alignment. Priorities. Plural. But it's that in right alignment. Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first... The kingdom and his righteousness. Not my own righteousness. Not my righteousness compared to your righteousness. We're not, we're not drawing straws here and seeing who's got the longer stick. It's seeking him first and his righteousness. And he said all these things. He just called all of those things that I said before. We named them by name. To him, it's just things Because you're not here for the long haul. You're only here for a vapor of time. (laughs) I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but if the grass grows and withers in one day, and our life is as the grass, it is as a vapor, and He closed the grass the way He does, have you ever seen Georgia grass when it's cut? Oh, man, it's the prettiest grass you've ever seen. I've got a patch that's about a foot, a foot by foot. That's all I can get to grow. But I, I mow it, and I go, Lord, you made that some pretty grass. You think he does that to that that we walk on and that he's not going to clothe you? You think that it's a flower that, that blooms at night. You never see it. You can only see it in pictures unless you stay up all night and watch it. Because the next morning it's going to be withered and gone. But he clothes those and makes those. as beautiful. And they and they fetch thousands and thousands of dollars just for the photo of that. And he made that like that. And you don't think he's going to take care of you? Oh, I think we ought to clap our hands and thank him for it. Oh, I love it. Hallelujah. i got a long way to go. So he referred to many of the needs that we have. Food, drink, and clothing. But Jesus pointed out something glaringly obvious. I've already said it. Matthew 6 and 26, he said, Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? He was not suggesting that we don't have basic human needs, rather he was revealing that God is fully aware of them and he is fully capable of caring for us and supplying for those fundamental needs Jesus was giving his disciples an approach that to life that that is is less worry that we don't have to worry about those things those basic needs, but through a divine relationship with God he will supply all of our needs. The birds are not tearing their feathers out in distress over whether or not they will get their next meal. The flowers are not worthy of of, of whether or not the sun will rise and the rain will come down. So the question is, why, why, the song says, why should I worry about the highs and the lows when I know that He is more than enough? We are His crowning work of creation. We are His apple of His eyes and so why should we spend our days worried about our own basic needs because in the kingdom of God we can live in a spiritual relationship with our divine creator and find relief from the dissipating and discouraging effects of the world and that's where it comes into the crux of the matter it is paramount that we have a relationship with the king and the kingdom written to a primarily Jewish audience, the gospel according to Matthew uses the term kingdom of God, which is exclusive to his gospel. The Bible as a whole uses the terms kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. Now this has caused a lot of conjecture as, to, as, as a juxtaposition or a, a relatively close term doesn't mean the same thing or not. We're not going to get into that this morning. We're going to use these interchangeable, but we're going to, uh, if you will, focus more on the kingdom of God. In in that terminology, it's the realm of which the kingdom exists both in heaven and in earth. It is the kingdom in which there is relationship with God and it exists only Only predicated upon His will and His purpose, where they are both supreme on heaven, in heaven, and in the earth. God's divine will. And hear me, it is not annuities, it's not stock options, it's not promotions, it's not a ladder that we are trying to make it to the apex of. We are trying to reach the apex of God's divine will for our life. it is His divine will that we must pursue, not our will, but His will that is done. It is what, or at least it should be, what guides our decisions and our reactions, not the circumstances that that, that, that plague our lives, but the kingdom. It should guide every direction and it should determine our destination. It is what should guide our petitions, our pursuits and our prayer that's why he said in Matthew 6 and 10 he said to pray thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth not on earth In earth. In earth. Can I say it like that? He made man out of the dust of the ground. He breathed in him the the, the breath of life. And when he fell in the garden, he returned somewhat to that other state. He's both earthly with God influence in him. And he will return to that earth. And so we are flesh. We are earth. And so that is why we pray Thy will be done. Thy will be done. In heaven, as it is in heaven, so shall it be in earth. I want my life, everything that I do, everything that I say, to mirror His divine will in heaven. And so what is God's divine will, you ask? It is that we make His kingdom our number one Priority. I'll say it again, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. As human beings, especially in our modern society, we aggressively and passionately pursue our basic needs in life. Hear me out for a minute. We need food, we need shelter, and we need clothing. And we go after those things without even thinking about it. We do. I'll explain why I I believe that. Yet when it comes to the kingdom of God or the things of God or a move of God, we just wait. Hear me out for a minute. Just kind of hang back and see what happens. We pursue the basic needs. I understand that the Bible says we wait on God. That's not always in time. It's quiet. We wait to see what happens. We kind of hang back on that passively. We wait. We wait until Sunday. We wait until Wednesday. I'm talking to me too. I'm not talking at you. I'm talking to us. I'm the chief. I'm, I'm, I'm like Paul. I'm the chief center. Okay? And then we just sort of kind of wait to see what the tempo of the song is going to be. And sort of kind of wait and see who's preaching. I just kind to hang back and wait to see how this is going to go before I make the decision. I'm going to, I'm going to get into this, I'm going to engage. But Monday morning, I hope this is not happening. Nobody's having to whip you out of bed. Monday morning, you just get up and go after those things. Monday morning, we just we just get up Tuesday morning, we get up Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We just get up and we instinctively awake and get after the things that Jesus said will just take care of themselves. No one has to admonish us to get up. My wife is not having to beat me out of bed and say, hey, you got to get up, you got to go to work, we got to have something to eat. Because we know we have need of those things. We know that we need those things. And so we're going to seek them out for ourselves. But Jesus said, You've got all this backwards. You've got it out of you got it out of sync. You see, you got to seek the kingdom first. You got to seek his righteousness first. And all these things will be added. They will be given to you. He said they shall be, not maybe. This is a formula you can kind of try out and see. I'm not real sure about all this, but if you try it and it works, let me know. No, he said they shall be added unto you now I am in no way promoting laziness or lack of ambition this morning if you hear that you're hearing that in the wrong way but it's all about priority and so if we could ever get the priorities right again I'm talking to myself there is no telling what God would do in our lives and in this body because if we seek him first and if we seek his righteousness first he he will supply that and whatever else is needed. He was he was pointing to a new approach, a new kind of living, a living without worry because it's a life focused foremost on God's kingdom with His perfect will in view. It is sad, it is unfortunate, but it is certainly true that there are many who will go from cradle to grave never knowing what God's will is for their lives. I submit to you this morning, it is simply because their priorities are missing aligned and they just didn't ask because he said if you'll ask you'll receive if you'll just knock it'll be opened unto you if you will go after it if you will ask for it you will receive because not a few not one or two but everyone he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened and so seeking after the wrong things seeking after this world And the carnality of this world is what causes our lives to be consumed and filled with worry, anxiety, and depression. But hear me this morning. Life in the kingdom of God, when the focus is on the right thing, on the king and the kingdom, it is not consumed with worry about about essential needs and things because the kingdom of God is not physical things. The kingdom of God is not carnal desires, and it is not carnal pursuits. But Paul told us in Romans 14, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Because it's not made of carnality. It cannot be carnal. And that carnal thing cannot know the kingdom of God. And so if we'll seek after the right things, what I need right now more than a promotion is His righteousness. What I need right now more than a big house and an automobile to drive is His peace. And what I must have more than my food and my necessary clothing is the joy of the Holy Ghost ghost and can I tell you this morning it is here it is available and you can have it oh yes you can if you need it it's here all you have to do is ask and he said you will receive and so I don't know about you but when I'm in the presence of God, This world just becomes strangely dim to me. When we come into this house together and we worship Him in absolute unity, when we lift our lives that are interconnected and in adoration to Him, we begin to lift His name and then He fulfills His promise and He begins to move among us the cares of this life and the daily pursuits just become distant memory. May I ask you this morning, why can't every day be like that? Why can't every day, we don't have to wait till Sunday and we don't want to have to wait till Wednesday I'm not saying that this isn't important but I'm telling you you can wake up in the morning and you can lift up your voice and you can just say his name and he'll be there you can just whisper his name and he will be in your midst so who says we can't wake up seeking his kingdom this world will tell you you can't you gotta rise and grind you gotta get after it you gotta level up The only thing I want to level up in is the kingdom. And not for position. But I just want to get closer to Him. I just want to know Him. I I want to know Him and the power of His suffering and the resurrection. So Jesus taught, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth to everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For Him hath God the Father sealed. And I don't have time, but that's why you need to be in Christ. Because He's sealed. It's already said and done. If you can get in Him, then you can do the same. And so what's the solution for dealing with our frustrations and our worry? Simply this, the kingdom. When we decide to make His kingdom and His righteousness priority, we can stare worry down, and we can take dominion over it instead of it being the other way around. And it all begins very simply at the point of worship. The very very first mention of the word worship was when Abraham trekked up that hill with his only son to worship, to sacrifice, to give God what God gave to him first. No matter what the atmosphere, no matter what my circumstances may be, No matter what I have or whether I don't have, I have the ability to choose to come before Him with absolute praise and absolute adoration. Psalm 96 and 6, honor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory do unto his name bring an offering and come into his courts oh worship the lord in the beauty of holiness fear before him all oh, the earth it's going to be persistent it's going to be intentional steps but it can be done we can place the focus on him and we can place the focus on his purpose and take the focus off of ourselves making Jesus the priority as other things just become less and less preeminent and it will be during this process that we will come to the realization that he can oh yes we will you're looking at proof I said it before, I'll say it again emphatically. You're looking at proof that if you'll just hand it to him in the process, you'll come to realize and you'll come to know because he's not going to be stagnant on his word. He's not going to just say something and then you don't know where he went. He's going to say it and he's going to do it. He will supply every need according to his riches and not my own. And we will be able, if we do that, to endure unto the end and echo the words of the psalmist I have been young and now am old yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread it won't happen it won't happen now you might, might, you might not drive the best you might not live in the best but you'll have it because God will supply your need huh Hallelujah. I'm I'm coming to a close if you'll stand with me this morning. And so the question remains, are you seeking him with all your heart? Is there anything in life that you love more than him? If so, then that has become an idol and it must be removed. Realizing that that has become an idol, what steps can we take to remove it? What can we do to take it off the throne and place him on his rightful? I'm glad you asked some very simple yet effective ways that we can do that first and foremost we can commit our lives wholeheartedly to Jesus and his kingdom no more reserving no more waiting no more hanging back to see how this is going to go let's go all in take all the reserves off and not hold anything back Let's spend quality time with Him every day in prayer, in His Word, and in reflection. Let's focus on developing intimacy with Him every day to speak to Him and allow Him to speak to us. To commit, this is going to be hard, but it can be done, to commit our schedule to the Lord and daily align our priorities with God's priorities. To refuse to worry about our challenges. To put our stresses and worries in God's hands every morning and trust that He can and He will supply what we need. And finally, find time for others. Let's let's just live kingdom life and let's live it together in community with fellowship of believers. Make a phone call. Drop a line. Drop a card in the mail. Send an email. Whatever you have to do. Make a visit. But let them know that you're thinking about them and that they are important to us and let that godly brother and sister atmosphere speak wisdom into our lives and live kingdom life together and as we seek daily to grow in relationship with Jesus by living within his kingdom and pursuing his righteousness he promised he promised that he would draw near to us James said it draw nigh to God and he will draw near to to you and so today, as we close, let these words, these words resonate in our hearts and in our minds. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. But as long as long to rise in the arms of faith and closer drawn to thee. Consecrate me now to thy service Lord by thy power of grace divine let my soul look up with steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. Nearer draw me nearer 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 blessed Lord to the cross where thou hast died draw me nearer 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 blessed Lord to thy precious bleeding side. And brothers and sisters, if we will wake up every morning with that in our heart and if we will do that and if we will effectively seek His kingdom first, He will reveal to us His will for our lives and in the process He will provide everything we need. I just need a couple of people to agree with me this morning to lift up their hands to heaven and lift up their hearts. He said if any, any two or three agree as touching anything that I would do it. And so if we would just make the commitment right here and right now, God will, he will confirm his word. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for your boundless mercy, God. We thank you, Lord, for your abundant mercy and grace. We thank you, Lord, for your promises, for your word is forever settled. And your promises are in ye, amen, and in you. They are finished, settled, and done. And we give you praise, Lord. We commit ourselves now to you. We commit ourselves today, tomorrow, and every day to do your will. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. This message
0: has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m.